But, well, this morning, um, this one's going to be fun, all right? Um, and y'all, y'all just y- y- somewhat buckle up for this morning because when I give you the, um, the title and all on this one, um, you, it might suck the air out of the room for a moment, all right? Uh, and we're, we're going to look at, a, at, a, at a, a topic that, in all honesty, every single person here needs to be aware of. Now, uh, well, let me just go ahead. Let me give it to you, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you some of the, some of the, the precursor to, uh, to everything um, to qualify some things before we even really get started too far. But take your Bibles and go with me to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14, and uh, as you're turning there, let me give you the title for this morning. All right, here it is. How to know a fool when you see one. All right, how to know a fool when you see one. Some of y'all are thinking, I've already met them. (laughs) But here's the thing. Uh, and I know Bible, some people will say, oh, the Bible says we're not, to, Jesus himself taught that we're not supposed to call anybody a fool. Actually, he didn't. Um, try, try looking up in the Bible where it says, call no man a fool. It doesn't say that. All right? Uh, we, tend, we tend to take in some things uh, that people say, well, the Bible says this. Actually, no, the Bible doesn't say that. Uh, Jesus did teach that uh, we're, to, we're to be cautious when calling someone a fool, but actually that word fool is, is dealing with a word where we get the, the, the understanding of moron, okay? Um, in other words, what he teaches is be careful and, and, and be hesitant to just outwardly call someone an idiot, all right? Call someone a fool. And, and what, it, what Christ himself teaches on that in Matthew is... He talks about um, receiving hellfire, being in danger of hellfire. Um, He's not saying that if you call somebody a fool, that you lose your salvation and you're going to go to hell now. No, what he's teaching is the common sense understanding. If you go up to somebody and say, you're a moron, they're not going to be happy. You are liable to have a very fiery, very lit up individual, mad at you. So if you want somebody to really come back at you very angry and very mad, if they truly are a foolish individual, you're lighting a fire that you may not want to deal with. Because sometimes we can speak and show ourselves to be a fool while we're trying to let somebody else know that they're acting the fool. So there are times, and even Proverbs, and we're not going to go into it, but even uh, in Proverbs, the Bible talks about uh, answer a fool uh, according to his folly, and it says answer not a fool according to his folly. The two things are not contradictory. It actually is teaching of when you should speak and when you just probably need to keep your mouth shut and don't, don't answer a fool. All right. So it's not saying uh, be confusing about whether or not to speak to somebody who's being foolish. The Bible teaches us, God himself teaches us, when we should open our mouth and answer a fool, and when you just need to leave it alone and walk away. All right? So that's the true understanding of what people call a contradiction in the book of Proverbs dealing with that. But it's not a contradiction. It's an education. 
on when and when not to speak to someone who is being foolish. But this morning, what I want to do is I, I believe it's important in our day and age that we, uh, we understand what it is to be able to discern foolishness. Because most of us, instead of, uh, instead of doing what we're going to read in just a minute and backing away and removing ourselves from foolishness, most of us are sucked in to want to correct and deal with and just take care of, well, the, these foolish people, I'm going to deal with them. And we end up being the very fool that we're trying to correct. And so it's important for us to be able to discern, how do I know a fool when I see one? And, and then, of course, there's, there's other messages we can deal with on how to deal with a fool, but, but we'll get with that later. But um, let's look here in Proverbs 14, verse 1 through 7, and, uh, and then we're going to break down these uh, several passages of Scripture. So if you're writing these down, you're going you're to be writing several passages. It's the best way that I know to show you what the Bible says is to actually show you or quote to you, show, read to you what the Bible says. And, uh, and so we're going to start off here in Proverbs 14, verse 1 through 7, and uh, listen to what, what is said here in this, this book of wisdom from Proverbs. It says, every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. We're going to come, we'll revisit that verse in a minute. He that walketh uh, in his uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but... Much increase is by the strength of the ox. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not. But knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. Uh, and verse number seven is really our key verse for uh, this morning. And that is the, the challenge of what we are to do when we recognize or when we see a foolish individual. Verse number seven says, go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. And now, in today's time frame, especially with the combative nature of people today, uh, the biggest problem that most individuals have, and may I say one of the biggest problems that most of God's people have, if you are not a flight kind of person, but you are more of the, if it comes down to it, it's fight or flight, you're ready to fight. The biggest struggle that most uh, Christians have when it comes to meeting a fool is if they are ones to want to impart wisdom and knowledge, and they're wanting to uh, help, you're not the, uh, the, uh, the introvert, you're more the extrovert, the biggest struggle you're going to have is walking away for an from an opportunity to set someone straight. Especially if you think you've got the knowledge that they need. But the Bible teaches us that when we discern and perceive that an individual, there, there is not the lips of knowledge in an individual, you perceive that the individual you're dealing with 
is foolish, therefore presenting themselves to be a fool, at least in the moment, the Bible says that we are to go from the presence of a foolish man. Uh, don't, don't meddle, and listen, just because the pig is in the mud doesn't mean you have to go out there and waller in the mud with it to try to drag it out. Sometimes you just walk away, and you come back to the situation later when the individual is no longer acting the fool. Now, again, I, I, I said the Bible teaches a when to answer fool and when not to answer fool. That's not the purpose right now. Right now, I just want to show you from the Bible how to recognize if you're dealing with a fool. Or better yet, when you look in the mirror, how to recognize if you're dealing with a fool. Ouch, okay, I know, I know. This will be fun and painful all at the same time for every single one of us. Let me give you a little precursor, just an understanding up front. I'll say this. There's not a single person in here that at one point or another in life and possibly even this week that hasn't played the fool. If you look at your life, you would have to say, I have had my foolish moments. You would have to say, in being honest, more than likely, even at times this week, especially with the craziness of how things were, I've had my foolish moments. Uh, my, by the way, some people made it very obvious when they got out because, oh, I can do this. What? Watch this. And you drive afterwards, and when the roads are actually clear, you see a vehicle over here and a vehicle over there. And a, some people had to go to work. Some people had to try to get places. I understand that. But many people just thought, I'm tired of being home. I'm ready to go. I'm going to go to store. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go find out if Sonic is open. I want ice cream. Why you would want, I, I, I can't speak much. I, I, I had some sherbet uh, during the midst of all the freezing. But uh, some people say, why would you want ice cream? And as, as cold as it is, why do you want ice cream? I don't know, glutton for punishment. I don't know. But here's the thing. You, you see people every single day that reveal some foolish choices, matter of fact, and we ourselves are not uh, to be able to claim that we're innocent, <laughs> okay? We all have had our moments, and we all sometimes every single day have to watch ourselves. But, uh, but we're dealing with the, the, the most dangerous versions of the fool this morning, um, the, the ones that can destroy lives, the ones that can uh, change an individual from a desire to serve God and, and affect them to a desire to not even be around God's people whatsoever. Um, there, there are those who don't just act foolish, but according to the Bible, everything about them reveals a life, a mentality, a desire to what God calls foolishness. And those individuals, the Bible says that we are to go from the presence of a foolish man because uh, you get around the apple that's got, got rot with it. And it, it, as, as we always say, you put, you put one, uh, one good apple in a basket of, of rotten apples, the one good apple is not going to change the rotten apple's good. But the rot from the others will begin to affect the one good. And the same goes if you have a full basket of, uh, of good apples, you put one rotten one in there, give it a little bit of time, and that, that bad one's not going to turn good. It's actually going to affect the entire basket. 
over time. So you got to be very careful who you allow to influence your thinking, your actions, and your desires. And so we're looking at that this morning, how to know a fool when you see one. Let me pray, and then we're going to jump into this. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this morning. I pray that you take this time as we, we dig in, into this very important aspect of the discernment that you can give in a life for us to be able to see, discern, know what actions we should take that would be a, a protection on those things which matter in our lives and a protection of our families, protection of our actions and our mindsets. Uh, would you help us, Lord, to see these truths from your word, apply them to our daily life that you might have the ability to help us discern and make accurate and appropriate choices concerning individuals that we meet or work with, that we're around on a regular basis, and how we ought to deal with those situations. Again, we need your help this morning as we look at these things. Would you give us discernment on the truth? And we'll give you the honor and glory for all that is accomplished in us and through us in Christ's name. Amen. Let me give you, to start off with Webster's 1828 dictionary definitions, a few definitions of what it means to be a fool. Uh, the first one is uh, one who is destitute of reason or the common powers of understanding. It's what we call common sense. Uh, and, and so, yeah, you, some of y'all say, yep, yep, I can think of somebody right now, somebody destitute, empty of good reason. Uh, now, number two, uh, in common language, a person who is somewhat deficient in, in, in intellect. <laughs> you see some of them too. Um, but here's what he says. Somebody who's deficient in, in intellect, but not necessarily an idiot. This is according to Webster's 1828 Dictionary. So someone in second definition to be called a fool would be someone who is deficient in intellect, but not an idiot. So they have knowledge, but they're deficient in understanding how to use it. Uh, or it goes on to say, or a person who acts absurdly, one who does not exercise his reason, one who pursues a course contrary to the dictates of wisdom. I don't care what anybody says, I'm doing it. That's what is described right there. Uh, then start getting in more of a, a, a scriptural setting. Uh, the third definition by Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Uh, in Scripture, a fool is often used for a wicked or depraved person. This is in, in God's eyes, in God's mindset. A wicked or, or depraved person, one who acts contrary to sound wisdom in his moral deportment or his actions. One who follows his own inclinations who prefers trifling and temporary pleasures to the service of God and eternal happiness. And by the way, that is defined seeing it from God's viewpoint. All right? Then uh, here is the fourth one, and this is the one that, that can hit every single one of us if we're not careful. Because thus far, you're dealing with a lot of, uh, of definition that would describe someone very possibly who is lost who doesn't know Christ as their Savior. Someone who is on their own to follow their own path. They either reject God, which we'll see some of that in just a moment. Even the Bible talks about it, but they reject God or they just don't care and they're going about their own way. 
The first three definitions could easily define someone who is without guidance from the Lord. The fourth definition specifically targets those who claim to be a Christian. The fourth definition by Webster, it says, a weak Christian, a godly person who has much remaining sin and unbelief. In other words, they're not allowing the work of the Holy Spirit daily within their lives to continue to help them become more and more like Christ. They've received the fire insurance of salvation, but they want to hold on to the world and have God all at the same time. A weak Christian who is wanting to live the life of pleasures, but want to be secure from spending eternity separated from God. And so they got fire insurance, but they want to try to live their own life. They're weak in faith. They're not growing in grace as the Bible commands. And so they, they've got the necessary salvation part possibly settled, but yet they want to live carnally. And that, that's what he's talking about. A weak Christian, which would be defined as a godly individual who has much remaining, godly in, in a quoted sense, but much remaining sin or, and unbelief. In other words, they are struggling to follow God, and they're following the flesh while holding on to claiming to be a Christian through salvation. Now, with that, understand this idea of being a fool or being foolish can hit all of us, and we all can suffer through this this issue. But the biggest thing is knowing how to spot one who is dangerous. And may I say, let, let me just preface this. The one you spot might be in the mirror. You might realize that you or I look in the mirror. We might realize that we are our own worst enemy. And the only way to follow scripture and, and, and go from the presence of the foolish man is to let God do a work in me and remove the foolishness so I can be what he wants me to be. Sometimes it's not about looking out and see everybody else's problems. Sometimes it's looking right in that mirror and letting the word of God reflect back and show me and say, I'm my biggest problem. We're gonna see that in a minute. Uh, but uh, let, me, let me give you uh, th- this understanding real quick and we're gonna give you these things very quickly. But uh, God's word gives us the righteous judgments. By the way, the Bible does not say uh, to, to not judge people. You say, oh, yes, it does. It says, judge not. Keep reading. Judge not, lest ye be judged. I'll give you the paraphrase of understanding because this is not exactly how, how the scripture goes and I'm not going into it all. But here's the best way to understand the teaching of judge not. It is teaching, judge not, lest ye be judged. And here's the understanding of it. For with what manner you judge, you will be judged. So it's a warning. The Bible actually declares and commands, God commands his people to judge righteously. How do I, as an individual that has to deal with the flesh and sin, how do I judge righteously? 
It can't be according to the way I feel about it. Can't be according to how I think it is. Can't be according to the way I believe. It has to be according to what God has said. Therefore, if God has said it, it's already settled. If God has defined it, why should I question it? Therefore, my judgments, even on other people, starting with myself in the mirror, Bible talks about if we were to judge ourselves, we would not be judged. <laughs> in other words, if I would actually judge myself as to what other people are being given from me to judge me by, I would be much better off if I'd be careful as to what I'm giving people to judge me by. If I would judge myself, it would be much easier on me when it comes to receiving judgment from others. So I understand judgment starts here, but every single day I'm going to make judgments. It is called, in a biblical term, when used properly and righteously, according to the word of God, it's called discernment. But every single day, you make judgments. What are you going to wear? Uh, somebody calls you and says, hey, I need a ride to work. Can you come pick me up? It might be that one person that you know never shuts up. And you don't feel like having a 30-minute drive, yakety, 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 first thing in the morning. And you might discern that, I don't need that this morning, I just need to go quietly, me and the Lord. Well, you made a judgment. How dare you judge that person? But here's the foolishness. It may not be crazy, wacky foolishness. It might just be stubborn foolishness. But we all have our battles with it. So therefore, if we're going to be not just trying to nitpick everybody's area of foolishness, but we're really wanting to discern the most dangerous ones to protect ourselves as we seek to serve God and follow his leading, how do I discern, how do I know what kind of person I'm dealing with? Well, let me give you uh, just several, very quickly, several Bible uh, understandings of what it is to know that you're dealing with a fool in God's eyes. Um, uh, the first one is this. You will know them by what they believe. Now, here's the easiest one. It's just one passage, very simple, and there's several other passages that mention somewhat the same thing. But Psalm uh, 53, verse number one says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they, and have done abominable iniquity, there is none that doeth good. So in other words, on your own, in your flesh, doing your own thing, corruption is the natural byproduct. For someone to say, there is no God, I am God, therefore they refuse direction from God and they only accept their own personal direction, corrupt are their ways. Because that is the natural way of the flesh. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. When you meet somebody who says, God does not exist, we just happen, you know, we're, we're, we're just here, uh, you know, bang, and, and then, then we're here, and here we are, we've developed, we've, we've by the way, I'm not going to go with this, I can't go far on this one, but I will say this, when you deal with somebody that, that's teaching evolution, um, just understand one thing, evolution basically teaches every, for it to work, everything has to get better and better and better. Everything has to improve. Everything has to, to go from, from little to nothing to great complication on its own merits by moving forward, survival of the fittest, you name it, all right? But here's the problem. 
is there any law of life that you see, any scientific law at all that you see that teaches that everything tends towards better and productive and always gets greater and more wonderful? Nothing in life backs up the idea that everything improves by its natural state. What it does teach is everything tends towards disorder. Everything decays. Things die. Um, if, if evolution worked as a whole, then technically, by, by the understanding, I could take anything I want to and stick it outside, and it would actually get better with the sun and the weather and everything hitting it. It would actually improve. It would not rust. It would not get worse. It would not fall apart. It would actually get stronger and better as it sits outside in the weather. Does that make any sense at all? No, it doesn't. And so understand, the fool has said, the heavens declare the glory of God. Even God's own handiwork declares who he is. It takes somebody who foolishly decides to reject what is obvious to say God does not exist, which means be very careful when dealing with people. doesn't mean that they're horrible people. It just means that they're not wise in God's eyes. Uh, Second one. That's just one verse. I'm not going to go into a lot, but here I gave you four verses on this one, okay? And it's because there's, there's a ton of them I could give. I, I, I backed out of a lot of them just for sake of time. But the second way that you'll notice a, a fool that could be dangerous is by the way they speak. Uh, write, write these down. Proverbs 10, 14. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Of Proverbs 10, 18, he that hideth hatred with lying lips and he that uttereth slander is a fool. May I say most people on Facebook are fools. Or most people on social media, period, are playing the fool. We are so quick to slander and share. And you don't need social media. You just need to gather together together with other people. Did you hear? You know what I heard? You know what I found out? You say, but it's true. Doesn't mean it's, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But at the same time, may I say, my preacher taught me, and and it still, it, it rings in my ears every time somebody comes to me and says, by the way, I just need to let you know There's two sides to every story. And typically, the truth is somewhere in the middle. It might lean a little more one way or the other, just a little bit. But every single one of us, we tell our story in the flesh. We see things a little stronger our direction. The truth of every matter is somewhere more lined in the middle. You take a little bit over here, a little bit over there, and... We tend to err on the side of me, right? And even if we don't mean to, it, it, times, it happens. But he that uttereth slander is a fool. So be careful with those that constantly go around talking about everybody. Constantly got a story telling everybody. Constantly got warnings to give you about everybody. Be careful. Be careful. It might be evidence of dealing with a foolish individual. Um. Then, then uh, Proverbs uh, 14.3, 
In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. You see somebody who is always, well, I don't care. I'm going to do what I think I need to do. When you got somebody who just absolutely, I mean, just throws back everything. and They fight against everything. Brick wall goes up. When you get somebody like that, you're probably dealing with a fool. But they call themselves a Christian. Oh, they're a deacon. <laughs> Not so, our, our deacons don't do that as far as I know. But sometimes, sometimes I've met preachers question them on something that they said because I just need some clarification in the Bible. And the first thing, Whoa, I tell you, I've studied this for years. I've, I've, if you're right, I'm just not getting it. Help me understand better. But if you're, if you're adding to or you're trying to read into or you're trying to make it say what you think it needs to say because it preaches really good, then I'm going to question it. If the Bible doesn't say it, but you are, my question is, which one do I listen to? Well, I'll tell you what, I've been preaching for 50 years. I don't care. Don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying be disrespectful. But sometimes even the ones you would expect should be on guard concerning openness to explain and help can be the very ones where pride shows a foolish action. How dare you question me? Be, now watch, be careful. Matter of fact, many a company has hurt themselves because the one at the top wouldn't listen to the person trying to help them. But who do you think you are telling me? You're a nobody, you're a pipsqueak. I'm the one in charge. Well, that's fine, you go ahead. I'm telling you, it's gonna break down. Oh, you don't tell me nothing. It works just fine. <laughs> Two weeks later, it breaks down and they cost them millions of dollars and it didn't have to. Pride can destroy people. Uh, last one on this one, Proverbs 15, 7. The lips of the wise uh, disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. In other words, a wise person will share things that are worth listening to. A fool will just waste your time on things that don't matter. They don't disperse knowledge. They disperse a lot of other things. Sometimes just gossip, but it's not actually knowledge. So, the speaking, there's so many other verses we could go to. I had to stop with those four. But the, Proverbs is full uh, of, of the evidence of, a, uh, of a, uh, an individual who acts the fool or is a fool and evidenced by their speech. Uh, here's number three. You can recognize a fool, according to the Bible, by the way they live. Proverbs 10, 23. It is as sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna hit this just for, you know, most of you here will understand this. Some of you may not. I don't do TikTok and, and, and Instagram, all that kind of stuff that much. I, 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 we, I have an Instagram account because uh, Victoria has one with college and everything, and she wants to share stuff. So I've got one of the, I don't use it hardly at all. I just, it, I can watch things when she sends it to me or whatever. But I don't do TikTok. 
don't have an account, don't do a lot of those other things that they got out there. Matter, matter of fact, it'd probably do, do real good for young people, teenagers, and adults alike, all just to get off of the junk to begin with. Snapchat, Instagram, and there's one that I didn't hit. You let me know what it is. I'll hit it later. But what you'll find is, and I've said it before, they, they, they did a, a sweeping um, 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 survey. Thank you. And in that survey, they came, came out with new statistics. The number one, I think I mentioned it before, but the number one desired job, the dream job of young people today is influencer. What is an influencer? Somebody who either does stupid stuff, videos it, and influences others to do stupid stuff like Tide Pod Challenge, right? Or, in my personal opinion, the Ice Bucket Challenge. That's just stupid. I'm sorry. That's just dumb. I don't care what it's for. That's dumb. There are several other ways to raise money. I don't need a bucket of ice thrown on my head. Okay, but, there, there are, but there's, there's also very dangerous things. It's very, the influential side of things, they want to influence the world to follow their actions and encouragements. That is, and, and get paid for it, by the way. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, you know, um, back when I was growing up, which wasn't that long ago, and back when some of y'all were growing up, which was much longer ago, but Back in all those days, we were taught that those things were dangerous, were wrong to stay away from it, and those who would act like that are not the kind of people you need to hang out with. And now, it's worldwide and on your phone 24-7, and we all watch it. Now, some of us look and say, that is just dumb, and get away and go. And others, we scroll through. more. I want to see more of it. I want to see more of it. You're, in, you're being influenced, whether you believe it or not, influenced with foolishness. The one thing that really strikes my mind on this is the number of individuals that make money off of torturing people and video, and not, not, like, not, not like real torture, but I'm talking about uh, doing things to people and videoing it to get their reactions and they go out into the street and they do things like the bucket going into a store and taking a bucket. Y'all seen it, Right? Going into a store, taking a bucket, throwing it on somebody's head, and then run around, put a bucket on your head, and like, oh, they do it to you too? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of people think it's really funny. But may I say, just let me go ahead and hit it. It's called foolishness. What productivity of life does that produce? Nothing. Who does that help? No one. What does it do? It just encourages people. Let me get down to the brass tacks of what we used to teach. It encourages people to bully other people. And we wonder why our society is becoming so angry and selfish. But you can notice a fool by the way they live. The mischief. But a man of understanding hath wisdom. I don't need that stuff. No one needs that stuff. Matter of fact, we're just going to stay away from that stuff. 
Uh, Proverbs 14.1, every wise woman, we, we read this one at the very beginning, every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. You can notice even within the home, those whom should be, be the ones helping to build up, and yet they do everything they can to tear it apart. The Bible calls that individual a fool. Proverbs 18.2, a fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. Well, that's an interesting scenario. Does that not sound like the kind of education that kids are getting today? You need to discover yourself. You need to discover who you are and what you want and, and how, how this feels. And do you think you're this or do you think you're that? You really got to go out and try and discover what fits for you. Bible calls that foolishness. I'll tell you, you do need to do some discovering. You need to dig through and you need to discover what it is that God says about life. You need to discover what it is that God says about eternity. You need to discover what it is that God says that you're to do with your life to honor and please him. That's some really good discovering. And it will. By the way, you'll never exhaust it either. There's something to learn every time you open up the pages of God's Word. Uh, I I, got to move, but here's here's one more for you. Ecclesiastes 10, 2 and 3 says this, A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a foolish uh, foolish heart is at his left. Basically, it's referring to the strong hand, being the typical strong hand is a right-handed person, okay? So it's referring to strong hand, weak hand, all right? So a wise man's heart is, is, is his strength, but a fool's heart is his weakness. That's what it's saying. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him. Now here's, what, here's the key. What he thinks he's wise in, a fool will claim to be wise, and yet his wisdom will fail him. And here's what the Bible says. And he saith to everyone that he is a fool. You mean a guy goes, somebody goes around speaking, I'm a fool, I'm a fool. I'm, no, well, some people do, but some people make a mockery of it, okay? Scorners. But here's the thing. What he's saying is they don't have to speak it with their mouth. They speak it with their life. Their wisdom fails them, and the evidence of what they're doing tells everybody, I'm a fool. That can be kind of hard. But the Bible teaches us you can learn whether a person is a fool by the way they live. Very quickly, a couple more. You can learn by, the way they, by what they build their life on. We know this passage, Matthew 7, verse number 26 and 27 says, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man. This is Jesus speaking. A foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the wind blew uh, and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. By the way, when, when someone who lives their life foolishly and builds their life on things that don't matter, the fall is great. Bible says it doesn't mean that, that, that well, you're saying a Christian never falls. And the Bible says a righteous man falleth seven times and riseth again. In other words, you might trip and stumble, 
But there's a big difference in following the Lord and stumbling along the way at times because of this flesh. A big difference in that and being a fool and great is the fall of it. You, you ever notice that the further you fall, the more it hurts? It's a, it's a big difference. If I stumble off, off these steps right here and I trip and I fall, it might hurt, but I'll be able to get back up pretty easily, at least until I get older and everything breaks. But I'll be able to get up a lot easier from this fall versus when we bring that big, huge ladder in here and we're all the way up there. And if I fall from that and I, I fall all the way to the ground from there, I'm probably not getting up as easily unless the Lord helps me. <laughs> but the greater the fall, the greater the consequence. I think I'd just rather stick with walking closely to the Lord. Therefore, um, the, the stumbling times of this flesh are not so detrimental to the walk. Uh, moving very quickly, number five. You can tell them, tell a fool by what they trust in. Two passages of Scripture, James 4, 13 through 15 says, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city uh, and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, where, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Now, I'm going to read one more verse, but I want you to understand. The Bible does not teach that you're a fool to go after creating a business. The Bible does not teach that you're a fool to go after trying to make a, a, a productive life and, and, you're to, and going after working hard and, 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 and doing things that God has given you the strength to do. The Bible does not, does not say that you are a fool to try to do those things. What it does teach is that we can be so focused on trusting our own wisdom and leave God out of it that I pursue my own business and leave God out of it. I pursue my job, leave God out of it. I pursue, I pursue the things I'm going to buy and the things I'm going to enjoy and the places I'm going to go and leave God out of it. The Bible says that is the point at which an individual begins to act foolishly. Because the last verse of James uh, chapter 4, there in, in verse 13 to 15, the 15th verse does not say, you ought not to do this. No, it says... For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. So it doesn't put down on doing this or that. It just says you must have the right focus. It's not about what you want and what you plan and what you can do. It, the wise individual says, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Lord, would you have me to go here? Lord, do you want me to start this business? Lord, do you want me to move here? Lord, should I take this job? When it comes down to it, instead of me saying, well, I'm gonna, I should say, Lord, would you have me to? Doesn't mean he's gonna stop you. He might have you to. But you put him first. You let him guide. A wise individual does not trust in their own plans. They trust in God's direction. One thing is for sure, regardless of what I do, I'd much rather do it with God's blessing than with my own strength alone. Then Proverbs 28, 26 says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Be careful, trust in your heart, it will get broken. Your heart will get bitter. Your heart can be pulled one way or the other. 
Um, you let God guide, you let God set your affections, and uh, you tame your heart to the will of God. It makes a big difference. The difference between wise and foolish. Uh, two more and I'm done. I, I, know, I know the time. Two more and I'm done. Here it is. You know them by the way they end. And I know this one kind of sounds disgusting, but it, it really hits home. Proverbs 26, verse number 11. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Someone who's seen victory, somebody who's gotten out of the drugs, somebody who's gotten away from the alcohol, somebody who's gotten away from all the destructive things, at about the time that they're really seeing something, they, 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 they have a rough time, they have a tough time, or they've held out as long as they possibly can, but they've not set their heart to do what is right, and they go right back to it. And by the way, they're worse off than when they returned than when they got away. They're worse off the second time and the third time and the fourth. The more they fail to stay away, the more they return, the worse it gets. You know a fool by the way they end. Luke 12, 20 says, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this is, and we'll deal with this in another message as a whole, but the man who said, I'm going to build, I'm going to this, I'm going to that. God said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Hmm. The end of all things. Working for everything that you can't, you can't take with you. I understand you need to work and need to be faithful and need to provide. But where are my treasures being laid up as a whole? The ultimate treasures, where are they being laid up? And lastly, and this is, this is just uh, kind of goes without saying, but you'll, you'll know when it, when it comes to eternity, you'll know those who were the fool by where they spent eternity. Fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. And the fool is the one that will say, I don't need God. And then comes eternity and they stand before him. The one that supposedly didn't exist. The one that supposedly didn't matter and they stand before him and their name is not found written in the book of life. By the way, in that moment, they will know just how foolish their decision to reject God truly was. Let me encourage, if you don't know Christ as your personal savior, Today, if you're trusting in anything other than Christ and Christ alone for salvation, I don't care how good you've been. I don't care. You say, well, I believe in God. That's wonderful. The devils believe and tremble. So you at least match what the devil does. But there's a big difference in believing that he exists and placing your faith and trust in him alone for salvation. But there will come a day when it will be revealed whether or not we were wise with the knowledge we had or we were fools. In everything that, uh, that we do, in every single day, the Bible says that we are to depart, we are to get away, go away from the presence of a fool. Because the greatest fools of this earth, according to the Bible, in God's eyes, the greatest fools of this earth can destroy what an individual could possibly do for God by influencing the life of a child of God or influencing someone who doesn't know the Lord to never even attempt to know him. The influence of a fool is dangerous. 
may I say we must be careful not to be that fool. Encouraging people in things that are not godly. Encouraging people in things that are not pleasing to the Lord. And I know it, it, it's one of those, those messages this morning that is um, funny at times, but at the same time, it is thought-provoking, it is convicting. Last thing I want to do is be a fool or the companion of them. I'm not going to be ugly, I'm not going to attack anybody, but sometimes I just have to make sure who it is I'm dealing with. Me and God <laughs> gives me a discernment, and I know what, what I should do with that. Be careful being the companion of fools. Discern, know the difference, realize what you're dealing with and working with, and make decisions accordingly so as to be accounted with the wise and not be counted with the fools. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, for your word. There's so many. We barely even scratch the surface of the warnings that are given to us, especially in the book of Proverbs, but many other passages of Scripture in, in dealing with this area of the knowledge of discernment concerning the, the foolish individuals. May we not be guilty of being the foolish individuals, but would you help us to make wise discernments and wise decisions, especially in the area of salvation. If there's one person here that doesn't know Christ as their Savior. They, they're putting it off. They're waiting. They're thinking they got time. Lord, would you help them to realize that it is a dangerous and foolish thing to think that I've got tomorrow to deal with it. I've got later that I can get it settled. We're not guaranteed the next moment, much less tomorrow. Would you help each person here to examine our lives, examine our walk, our talk, everything we do in light of your word, that you would help us, Lord, to not be the companion of nor be guilty of being the fool in areas that you have shown us are dangerous and should be avoided. Again, do a work that you can. I don't know what all was needed this morning. Don't know exactly how it applies to each and every one of us. I know how it applies to me. I know how you help me. Would you help each one of us, Lord, to be open to the Holy Spirit guiding in this truth as we go through our, our daily walk and daily life? We ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. If you would, want to stand with me? Invitation is going to be open if you need to come. Maybe, uh, maybe there's somebody the Lord laid on your heart. Uh, hey, young person. And maybe, maybe the Lord had, had our, our young people to be in here. I know you're not used to the service time and preaching like this, and you, you have your own uh, teaching time and stuff in junior church, but maybe it's the matter of realizing there are dangerous people on those devices that you go and you see on a regular basis, and there are dangerous people influence you, even some of your own age group influencing you to do things that are foolish in the eyes of God. Teenagers, adults, every single one of us. Maybe the Lord lay on your heart and on your mind someone or something that you know, I need to set that aside because that is truly foolishness and it's not helping me at all according to God's word. I don't know what the need is, but whatever it is, if you need to spend some time with the Lord, there's an altar here. You have your seat. 
wherever the Lord lays on your heart to spend time with him, why don't you just deal with the Lord as he's dealing with you. Make some decisions that matter in the area of wisdom.